Hey guys, this is Pastor Zach, and you are listening to Sermon Notes here at HPC. Well, we're going to be drawing our scripture from the text of Matthew 24 today. So if you want to turn to Matthew 24, I was, I was preparing this and meditating on this, and I was thinking, wow, Pastor Zach was actually just here. But he wasn't in Matthew 24. He was in a similar scripture of Luke 17. And he was preaching on Luke 17, and David brought it up today about the lightning. Man, I feel that the Lord is speaking a word to us in this hour to really call our attention that Jesus is coming back. You know, we, we, we used to talk a lot about the end times and then it got quiet. But now I feel the Lord is calling us back to remember that he will return and he will return for a spotless bride. And what he's looking for is to us, for us to be found faithful and ready, faithful and ready. And so we go to Matthew chapter 24. I'm going to get there. Mm. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles they shall run and not grow weary they shall walk and not faint oh teach me lord teach me lord to wait heard jamal say that coming in today that he knew that the lord wanted us to wait on him today and that's a good word. You know, sometimes we had celebration, Resurrection Sunday last week, and it is a celebratory time. And sometimes we come back to say, okay, Lord, let's get a little closer to your heartbeat. Let's hear what you have to say today. And so in Matthew chapter 24, I want to pick up in verse 10. Now, now Jesus specifically is talking about the end times here, and he's encouraging us to be ready. And if Jesus taught about it and talked about it, that we need to hear what he has to say. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 10, and then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. And then, <laughs> John said amen. Oh man, this is where we are today. You know, and many will be offended, and many will betray one another, and many will hate one another. Many will be offended, many will betray, and many will hate. Here's what I, I want to draw our attention to. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. You see how many times the word many is already included here? Many, 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 many. You know what? It's interesting because here at His Providence Church, we talk about the remnant. We talk about that small group that will be reserved. And so it's important to understand, you know, I didn't like it. When I went to high school, they said, this is the kind of school I went to. I don't think they do this anymore. But they said, turn to your left and turn to your right. You won't graduate with one of those people. And everybody's like, dear God, am I that person? Like, I mean, this is freshman year opening day assembly. Please, I hope our schools aren't doing this. Are they, Mom? Are we doing this anymore? No. Man, it's terrible. But Jesus is kind of warning us and saying, hey, listen, it's going to be a remnant that's going to be preserved. And many will be offended. And many will betray. What's interesting about the offense and betrayal and hatred 
is that you don't have to know somebody to be offended. You can go on YouTube, you can watch TV, you can listen to your pastor, and you can be like, man, that is so annoying. I'm offended by that. And we can just get offended. But to be betrayed, you have to have relationship. So you don't have to have relationship to be offended, but you do have to have relationship to be betrayed. And I think what we're about to get into is Jesus is setting the stage for some pretty important things that he's going to share. And he wants to bring us back to this place of relationship to understand. Not that I want you to turn to your right and turn to your left and say, hey, you're not going to be with me in heaven. That's not what I want to say. Although Pastor Zach a few weeks ago did say, not everybody who's here is going to be in heaven. And I think it's a really important point. I think it's a really important point because it should cause us to pause it should cause us to pause. Yeah, there are times to celebrate. Praise the Lord, Jesus is alive. Thanks be to God. Because he lives, I too shall live. And the life that I now live, I live to God through Jesus Christ. But guess what? Let's keep reading. Because Jesus says here in verse 12, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. I kind of was fighting with the Lord. I have been meditating on this scripture for a long time. I'm like, God, can I just preach something fun? Like, can I just go up there, follow up celebration, resurrection weekend with something fun? And I feel and sense that the Lord is calling us and warning us and saying, listen, wake up, heart, come alive and beat again. Because our love will grow, grow cold. Look at Everybody, I don't know if it's COVID, I don't know if it's the news, if it's the media, it's probably all of it, but the truth is, everybody is ready to fight. Everybody's ready to throw down at the drop of the hat. And even among our brothers and sisters here in the body, not just this local assembly, but the body of Christ, people are fighting all the time, denominations rising up against another denomination. Jesus is coming back for one spotless bride. And that means we ought to be able to figure it out and work together. That means we ought to be able to forgive one another. Jesus, man, what, what would you say, Jesus? I'm going to put this out to you, Jesus. I'm feeling like maybe seven's the number of completion, Jesus. So maybe, Jesus, I forgive my brother seven times and that's it, right? That's what Peter said. Seven times the limit. Probably even wrote a song about it. Seven times the limit. Yo, once twice, three times an offender, and I hate you. <laughs> That's Peter, man. I kind of relate to Peter. I have a hard time. I've spent these past three years working through a lot of unforgiveness, and that's why I'm like, man, God, can't you give me something fun to preach? But the Lord is calling us, and he is warning us. I have this sense in my heart it's not like, you better wake up. It's a warning. It's a loving call. It's a loving warning to say, listen, don't let the lawlessness of this world and furthermore, the lawlessness you see going on within the body, don't let it turn your love cold. Don't. Don't let it turn your love cold. It's so, in a sense, it's easy for us to look at the world and say, okay, you know what, we're... 
We're going to have offense in the world. You know, I work for a boss. They're, they're a really tough person, and they're just going to keep on, you know, putting me down and all these different things. But when we come to the church, man, because we have a different expectation, we expect that somehow, because we're all born again, we're all going to be perfect. Man, we are all still messed up. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. And we're still working on some things. We can all, I heard one great preacher say it like this, we can all malfunction at any time. You might be functioning real, real well, and praise God, but at the drop of a hat, you can start malfunctioning because you got your head on the wrong thing. And so what's happening in this time, and I've seen it swirl, I've seen it build, especially in this post-COVID season. I don't know if it's COVID. I was talking to my brother about this, but I just see the aggravation. I feel like everybody is like on the edge 90% of the time. It's like once in a while, some people would have road rage. Now everybody has road rage, right, Pastor John? Even Kurt McWilliams rolling up at Cumbies has some road rage. Thank you. Pastor John was like, Curtis, what is going on with you? See, I can confess. I can confess. I told you I'm working through some things. Okay? So I'm a living, I live out loud. I'm modeling for all of us how we're going to walk this out. And that's okay. That's okay because Jesus had Peter on his team. So I get to be on Jesus' team. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. And so... As I pulled away from this individual at the Cumbies and Pastor John is pumping his gas, shaking his head, praying in the spirit, thinking we've already been through this, Kurt. I thought to myself, man, God, why am I so on edge? What's going on? What's going on, Lord? I really don't understand. And I felt the Lord draw me back again to this passage that I've been meditating on but trying to avoid. Let's read verse 12 again. And because lawlessness will abound because lawlessness will abound. A lot of times preachers are preaching about the love of many growing cold, but they don't put the qualifier before it. The reason that the love grows cold is because lawlessness is abounding. And I sense the Lord saying to me, Kurt, where's your focus? What are you watching? Are you watching the lawlessness in the church of Christ, in the body of Christ? Are you watching the lawlessness in the world? You know, Pastor Zach will often say, man, sometimes you just need to shut down your news app. You need to get rid of it. You need to stop watching the news. And that's the thing. If we're constantly filling our mind with all the lawlessness around us, then not only are we going to be driven by fear, but our love is going to begin to grow cold. And so sometimes we come into the church and we're like, praise God, it's Sunday. Praise God, it's Tuesday. And we, we don't barely grace the doors and enter in and we see somebody that we have ought with. I can't believe they said that to me last week. I don't even like the way they're looking at me right now. I don't know who they think they are. And then they're going to start singing and praising. Oh, Jesus. Stop singing and worshiping. You're not responsible for how others treat you. You're responsible for your attitude and response. How are you going to conduct yourself? See, I could stand up here and talk about the lawlessness of the world, and everyone's like, yeah, man, it's so hard. But what about the lawlessness that goes on? 
inside of the body of Christ, inside of the church, because we're all still working together. And we have to have grace. Colossians actually teaches us, as Paul was writing to the church of Coloss, in the New Living Translation, it, he, it actually says that we are to make allowance for each other's faults. Just think about that for a minute. If I know that you malfunction in a certain area, then I should make allowance for that and continue to pray for you as the Lord is working on that in your life. What does Jesus say? Why are you looking at the speck in your brother's eye when there's a timber, a plank in your own eye? First remove the plank from your eye and what? And then you'll see clearly to remove the speck out of your brother's. But a lot of times what exasperates and frustrates us inside of us, what we see in others, is because it's undealt with inside of us. And so I can focus on the lawlessness going on all around me, and as a result, if that becomes my meditation, if that becomes my focus, if that becomes where my vision point is, then that is what is going to cause my love to grow cold. So here's what we're going to do. I want you to do a pulse check right now. Check your pulse. Are you breathing? I didn't even know how to check my pulse. One day I was like, Kim, I know you do medical stuff. I feel really weird right now. What's going on? She's like, let me check your pulse. I'm like, you can do that? <laughs> I obviously fell asleep in those health classes. Where's your heart right now? Where's, where's our love level right now? So for something to grow cold, what does that imply? It was what? It was once hot. For something to grow cold, the implication that Jesus is giving us is that it was once hot. Now, it's really interesting because, thank you for putting that verse back up there. I want to break down each individual word here. I want to talk a little bit about lawlessness. So lawlessness is not just an intentional violation of the law. That's easy. But it's also ignorantly violating the law. So let's use this in the broad scope and then let's bring it down to us here in church. Because I think we, before we even talk about how to deal with the world, let's talk about how to deal with one another, right? So if my brother offends me, he either did it intentionally or my sister offends me, she did it intentionally or she did it on accident not knowing that he or she was doing it. See, to be lawless is either to intentionally violate or to be ignorant and still violate. And I think this is really, really an important distinction because sometimes we're saying, oh, this person did this to me and they knew it and they were intentionally trying to get it. Maybe they did it on accident. Maybe they didn't actually realize, like that guy pulling up at Cumbies, blocking every single parking space. <laughs> he may have had a legitimate reason. Because Pastor John's first question was, is he all right? I'm like, I don't care. He's blocking all the spaces. I really don't care. <laughs> I should care. He's blocking the spaces. But maybe, just maybe, it was unintentional. And I looked in the car, and I'm like, it was definitely unintentional. Now I'm the jerk that's walking out of Cumbies. Pastor John is shaking his head. I'm thinking to myself, oh boy, 
Maybe it's unintentional that we offend one another sometimes. Maybe it's not always somebody trying to get you. And isn't it interesting that Jesus actually makes the correlation that says, he says, because of lawlessness, be it intentional or ignorant. Can you just say that with me? Lawlessness, say it with me, lawlessness is either intentional or ignorant. Now, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Now, with intentional lawlessness, I can understand if that's our focal point. But if we allow our love to grow cold when somebody has ignorantly wounded and harmed us, we have totally separated ourselves from the heat source. The love of God is truly not abiding within us is what John has to say about that. And we'll talk a little bit about that, but I wanted you to see lawlessness. Let's get into this concept of growing cold. So as I said to you, for something to grow cold, isn't it interesting? Jesus doesn't mince his words. The translators knew what they were doing. Jesus doesn't say, because lawlessness will abound, many will be cold. Isn't, isn't it interesting that he doesn't say that? No, in fact, he says, because lawlessness will abound, many will grow cold. Grow. There is a process. And in fact, when you look that up in the Greek, that word to grow cold, it means to wax cold, to wane cold. It literally has the implication of bring that hot soup over to me, that hot boiling soup. Bring it over. I'm going to cool it down. I'm going to cool it down. See, the enemy knows if he just comes right at us. What happens if you, if you just like, your soup, where's it going? All over you and all over the table and all over the kids. Now their faces are burning and they hot. Oh, daddy. The enemy knows. See, we expect the enemy just to come prowling in. I'm the thief. It's the nighttime. Here's my pitchfork. We, we so expect the devil to operate like that, but he's a sneaky snake. And so he knows, look at you. You're so on fire right now. Look at the way you praise him. I see your prayers. I see how you get on your knees. I see you bawling your eyes out to Jesus. I see it's all good. Just come a little closer. I'm going to start cooling you off with some offense. I'm going to start cooling you off. You know what, offense? You work past offense. Here comes some betrayal. <gasps> Maybe betrayal didn't get you. Now I'm going to make them tell you they hate you. Just the final breath to cool that right off. Just cool it down, baby. This is what is happening in the body right now as we speak. Forget about the world, folks, beyond that curtain. What about us right in here, right now? What about the people within our household that we've been given stewardship over those relationships? We've been given stewardship over our relationship to our spouse. We've been given stewardship over our relationship with our children. And are we letting offense, betrayal, 
and hatred creep into those areas to cool us right down. I just find it so interesting. It blew my mind when I read that this actually means to cause to become cold, to cause to be cooled, to be chilled. You know, years ago they would say, leave the food out for a little while and then put it in the refrigerator. Now they say, take the hot food and put it right in the refrigerator and let it get chilled. If you're not doing that, maybe you should start doing that. That's, that's, that's the most recent science. I only know because my wife lets me know. So We used to leave food out and we let it come to room temperature. What does Jesus say? I wish that you were either hot or cold to the church at Laodicea because you're lukewarm. I will vomit you out of my mouth. And it's interesting because you know, we can be saved and we can be born again. Let's keep reading here. So we're in verse 12. Let's go to, let's go to 12 and 13 again. Let's just go back to verse 10. <clears throat> I just want you to underline, highlight, underscore, circle, make it speak in your Bible, however you do that. And then many, many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. And you can just carry that many to all those areas. That's how it reads. And many false prophets will arise and deceive many. We haven't even really talked about this, but this is also an important factor because in the time that we're living, there's so much false teaching out there. And I love that Pastor Zach has been hammering that. There's so much false teaching out there. And you know, we don't have to walk around and be really, really concerned. How do I know what I'm hearing is good? Do you read your Bible? You keep yourself in the Word because there's no new revelation. There might be new understanding, but there's no new revelation other than what has already been revealed in the written Word of God. Your Word, O oh Lord, is forever settled in heaven. It's forever settled. So we don't need to be drawn away and tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. If we want to know the true doctrine, the true teaching, we keep ourselves in the truth of the word. Not to Bible thump, but to know the truth. How shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word, O Lord. Your word I will meditate on day and night that I may be careful to observe all that is written within it. Jesus is calling us to this higher level. Verse 12, and because lawlessness, be it ignorant or intentional, okay? Maybe now, maybe this is like the only takeaway today because typically we walk away with one or two nuggets, okay? And so maybe the only takeaway today is that person that's going to offend me on the way out, it may have just been unintentional. It may have been ignorant. Bless you. <laughs> <clears throat> the reason that I have struggled with some road rage as of late <laughs> is because I've been cut off by Christians who arrive at the same parking lot at me and then say, bless you, bless you, You're, we're going to the same place, you just cut me off. Oh man. We're traveling down Route 6 today, and I'm right behind Alan and Linda. 
And uh, no, 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 it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> he, no, no, he, no, neither one of us. I just want to be clear. Alan and I are good. No, 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 neither one of us. I should probably take a step back and just say this. Bella just wanted to catch up to Alan and Linda. That's what was happening. She's like, Daddy, don't let him go. Don't let him escape. I'm like, well, if I go any faster, we're going to be violating the speed limit. She's like, go get him, Daddy. So we were just, I was like, this is the kind of fun I want to have on the road. Not the road rage. So, no, Alan was fine. I know Alan's car. It's got the Marine sticker on the back. I know exactly, you know, what's going on there. So, but Jesus says, because lawlessness, be it ignorant or intentional, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, will cause to become cooled. It's really interesting because it's important to, to bring to our realization that it is a process. We come and we worship. We have our times of intimacy at home. We have a Resurrection Sunday. We have a Christmas service. We have all these amazing experiences. We have God doing amazing things in our lives. But what about what Paul says? We are hard-pressed on every side, yet we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not abandoned. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. In those desperate, difficult times where all we can do is wait on the Lord, we have to not put our focus on the lawlessness that is abounding. Because if we take our focus off of Jesus we will begin to grow cold. So I got this vision of a boiling pot. By the way, before I say that, let me just say this. <clears throat> I like breaking down these words. We've talked about lawlessness. It's either ignorant or intentional. We've talked about growing cold, but there's one word here that really got my attention again, and it's the word love. Now, many of us who have been in church long enough, we know that there's three Greek words for love. There's phileo, which is city of Philadelphia, which is city of brotherly love, right? Then we know that there's eros, okay? That's nice. And then there's agape, which is the God love. It's a word created for one purpose only, to denote and describe the God kind of love. Can't be described any other way other than agape. Now, if you were a betting person, what would you say that love is right there? Don't try to be smart. Just tell me what you think it would be if you read it for the first time like me. Thank you. Thanks for telling the truth. Phileo. I would look at that and say, of course, the love can grow cold because it's phileo love. It's just brotherly love. Wrong. Many of you already said it. It's agape love. What? How could agape love grow cold? How is that possible? Phileo can grow cold. Eros can definitely grow cold. How does agape grow cold? Well, where does agape come from? God. The only way to have agape flow through you 
is to stay connected to the heat source, which is God. Jesus said in John chapter 15, I am the vine, you are the branch. Abide in me and bear much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Or we can do a whole lot of nothing, as my brother Mark Tafano likes to say. We can do a whole lot of nothing. We can still be doing nothing, wasting our time. But when agape love, the God kind of love we're connected to, then we won't grow cold. Just follow me for a second here. If, let's do another heart check. Let's do another love check. If I find right now that I'm still pretty frustrated on the road when I'm driving, and somebody is either ignorantly or intentionally taking all the parking spots, then I've got to do a love check. What am I drawing on right now? Am I relying on my ability to love that person as Christ loved? Or am I relying on the source? You know, it's interesting. You can blow on a, a boiling pot and eventually it'll become cool. You can blow on that bowl of soup. You know, mom presents that nice hot bowl of soup. What's interesting, when I was a kid, my parents would just drop an ice cube right in there. I'm like, that just solves it all. That's the way to do it. Just ice cube it, man. Not, don't sit there all day, but just drop an ice cube in. But this word implies a cooling. Now, what's interesting about that is you can eventually cool that bowl of soup that's in front of you that was piping, steaming hot when it was presented to you. However, if you put that soup back on the burner, it doesn't matter how much you blow, it's going to keep staying hot. It's going to keep boiling. You can blow till you're blue or red in the face. You can blow till it's burning on you, but it can't cool down. That's why Jesus said we have to stay connected to the vine. He is the source of life and love. Kurt McWilliams, relying upon himself to love his, love his neighbor as himself, is going to fail at Cumbies and at home every single time. But when Kurt McWilliams stays connected to the heat source, the love source, the life source, I'm going to win because it doesn't matter how much the enemy tries to blow me out, I'm still going to stay lit. I'm still going to stay hot. I'm still going to boil over. That's the point. So what happens is we leave that food out, we leave that bowl of soup out, it will eventually cool. Even if, here's another word for somebody today, even if there's no blowing whatsoever, there's no cooling, there's no intentional, no. Even if you take the soup out of the pot, or even if you leave it in the pot, and you remove it from the source of heat, it will eventually cool. So the second word for us today is to stop buying the lie of isolation. We've become offended at church, therefore church is not good enough. We can't go be around church people anymore. So we got to just be at home. It's me and Jesus. You know, Jesus said it doesn't work that way. He actually told us that it doesn't work that way. You shall love 
the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Who's my neighbor? Yep, it's your enemy. It's that one that you have ought with. Everyone who's not you. Simplest way to define neighbor. Anybody that's not you is your neighbor. Therefore, you have to love everybody. Oh, I can love them, but I don't have to like them. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But is it, is it, is it phileo love you're drawing on? Or is it agape love? Because if, if I'm drawing, if we're drawing on agape, we're going to be able to have the sustainability to love the offender. <clears throat> I heard this phenomenal story, read this phenomenal story once. By the way, it's 10.02. Y'all still with me? If you want to leave, just get up. It's okay. It's good. I still got 30 minutes. I'm not saying I'm going to use it all. I'm just saying I still have 30 minutes. <clears throat> I heard uh, the story of uh, just, you know, somebody who was a prisoner for Christ, and they have this torturer. They keep this person who's a prisoner for Christ in an isolated room, trying to get them to denounce, renounce Jesus. And every day, the same hour, like clockwork, they send in the torture. It's a real story. You read these stories about martyrs and people who are persecuted for their faith. And all of a sudden, it begins to arise inside and say, wait a minute, if I lose my temper over the person who cuts me off ignorantly, how much is the love of God really abiding in me when I have brothers and sisters around the world who are being murdered right now for the name of Jesus? That causes me to pause. So I'm reading this story. Every day, the torturer comes in and beats this person to a bloody pulp. Every day. Beats him up. Every day. Torturer. Some days there's different weapons, some days there's different tools, but every day, just enough to survive, folks. This is intentional lawlessness, not ignorant. Intentional. And this man who's being persecuted every time says, it doesn't matter how much you beat me, I'm still going to love you because Jesus loves you. Boom, and they're knocked out. Every day the torturer comes back until finally the torturer can't do it. Because you cannot overcome and break agape love. You can't. If that persecuted Christian was relying on phileo love for that, per, uh, that persecutor, that torturer, it's not gonna work. But the God kind of love transforms even when it's being broken on purpose. Even when there's an intentional attack. And so we rely on the love of the Lord. I'm just going to be frank with you. Just never mind, I'm not going to pull that joke. That's okay. But I'm just going to be real with you. There have been times in my life where I'm asking the Lord, Lord, I love you and you love me. Why do I have to love your bride? So if we understand that the church is the bride of Christ, I'm saying to the Lord, why do I have to love your bride? I love you and you love me. Why do I need to love 
those people who continue to hurt me. I'm just being real. Anybody ever felt that way in this house? The lights are down. Nobody can see you. Good. Thank you for being honest. Extra bonus points to you. Places of brokenness in our lives where we think, how can I continue to love the body of Christ? Because the truth is, agape love cannot be separated from God. So if I love God and he loves me, I have to love my brother. I have to love my sister. It will flow out of me through agape. If what I'm saying is I love God, like Peter, I phileo you. I love you with a brotherly love, Lord. No, it's an agape love that's required that only God can give. And so God can't be separated from his love. Why? Because God is love, 1 John 4. God is love. How can you say, John says in 1 John 4, how can you say you love God whom you haven't seen and hate your brother who you have seen? If you say that, truly the love of God does not abide in you. Truly. So what does all this mean? Well, it's very simple. If we have been meditating on the lawlessness of this world, if we have been meditating on the lawlessness that's abounding in churches and thinking we're going to find a place that's going to be a perfect fit, then we have removed ourselves from the source of love and life. And the point is this. Get back on the burner. Get back on the burner. Lord, I repent. Lord, I forgive this is why the yielding ministry and the soul work that God is doing through this church is so important because I did not understand these things years ago. Learning to forgive and to release people and one of the things that we teach in yielding is to ask the Lord after you forgive them, ask the Lord this all-important question. Lord, how do you see them? Every person in my life that I've struggled to forgive, I have instantly turned around the moment I asked the Holy Spirit to show me, how do you see them? How does the Father see this person? And the moment we begin to see that, we realize that everybody is just as broken and in the process as we are. And so I want you to do another love check in your heart. I want you to do another heart check right now. What is it that we're relying on? What is it that you're relying on? Are you sitting here brooding? I used to sit in church and brood, and I would think about the people who have offended me and the people who have hurt me. We can do that right here in this building. You could sit there, and it can be going on right now. But if you get off the table and get back in the pot that's burning, you're going to heat up again. And there's no better place to be than right in the center of that heat, of that love, and that life. That is where life is. And so I want us to search our hearts in these final moments this morning. Would you just close your eyes? You know, it's, it's not uncommon. In fact, it's very common to have an altar call. It's very common to have a response and to have someone come pray over you. 
But guess what? The Lord wants and desires to meet you right there in your seat. Right now, in your seat at home, in your seat here, he desires to meet you because you're the only one who knows what you're truly holding on to. And you can come down and we'll have a prayer partner in just a few moments for you to confess and to share some things. But before that, I want you to meet the Lord in your seat. He wants to meet you in your seat. I'm just going to ask you a few simple questions. If you were to describe your hotness or coldness right now, if you were to describe not just your passion for the Lord, but the agape God kind of love flowing out of you, where is it? In the hot sauce world, they have the Scoville scale. So I want to say to you, are you a hot ghost pepper or are you ketchup? Where are you? Where is your level of heat right now? Are you relying on your ability to love? Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to move right now. I'm asking you to move in our hearts and our minds. Work with our mind and work with our heart right now. And I ask you in the name of Jesus to begin to reveal offenses, begin to reveal unforgiveness. And if any offense or any unforgiveness just begins to come up, I just want you to confess it, release it, and then ask the Holy Spirit to show you that person the way that the Father sees them. Because as I walked out of that Cumberland Farms, that's exactly what happened to me. I saw that person the way that the Father saw them, and I was instantly cut to the heart. I know it may be hard. I know they may have wounded you and hurt you, but today we learned it's either ignorant or intentional. And even if it is intentional, the Lord wants and needs you to forgive and release that so he can make you hot with love again, so that he can burn in your life again. Say, so how do I know if you're talking to me? Because your life is apathetic right now. Because you have surrendered to apathy, thinking this is just the way it is. It's the way it's always going to be. Lawlessness is abounding. I don't know where Jesus is. That's because you've been removed from the source. Come back. He never leaves. He never leaves and forsakes. We walk away from the heat source. So just forgive and release and ask the Holy Spirit that all-important question. How do you see them? How does the Father see them? One final passage I want to leave you with today. And you can open your eyes. The work that the Lord has begun, he will continue. He's faithful. So as he has revealed some things to you this morning, maybe you need to write them down. Maybe you need to go home and begin to pray on these things. But there is a remedy. There is an answer for staying hot. 
And the first thing we already touched is in John 15, is to stay connected to the source. The second thing is, Jesus says, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Guess what? That's a focal issue. Is your focus on the lawlessness or is your focus on Jesus? Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, one says this, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance, perseverance, the race that is set before us. How do we do it? Verse two, looking unto Jesus. So the first thing I have to do is I have to stay connected to the source to remain hot. The second thing I have to do is to keep my focus on Jesus and not on lawlessness. And the final thing I want to encourage you to do as you're doing those two things. The third thing is Proverbs chapter 4 and 23. And it says to keep your heart. Guard your heart. When I was so wounded and broken and hurt and offended, my father said some pretty powerful words to me. He said, Kurt, you need to learn to have tougher skin and a softer heart. Tougher skin so that the offense can't penetrate, but a soft heart that can continue to love. Guard your heart with all diligence because from it flow the springs and issues of life. So stay connected to the source. Keep looking to Jesus and keep your heart. Keep your heart. Father, I pray for every one of us in this room today that as we walk out the doors, that we would actually have the agape love flowing in and through us, that we'd be able to receive and to give. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great day. This is Pastor Zach, and you've been listening to HPC Sermon Notes. Love you guys. God bless you, and have the best day of your life.